Hey, we are continuing our series entitled Road Trip, and anytime you take a road trip, there are things that you can expect to happen. Um, you're going to be using GPS. Uh, there are going to be things that are done in the car to pass the time. There's going to be snacks. There's going to be pit stops. Uh, when you go on a road trip, you need to get ready for all the things that happen on a road trip. Um, as we prepare to launch our new vision and direction for TFRC, um, road trip is sort of the lead up to our new fall vision kickoff. God is leading TFRC on a new journey, and we're using this series to get ready to go where God wants to take us next. And when you go on a road trip, there is that one person who asks, are we there yet? And even if no one really asks it, there is this general wondering, you know, how much longer do we really have? Because we really want to get to our destination. That's the whole point of the road trip. Well, this is true in life as well. We want to know what our futures are going to be and are going to look like. And back in the first week of this series, I mentioned that God almost never gives us the big picture. You know, what will my life look like in five or 10 or 20 years from now? God really almost, it seems, doesn't want us to know his long-term plans for us. And why would that be? Well, one of the reasons that maybe God doesn't show us the big picture is because if we knew everything that our futures held and everything we were going to experience, um, we would probably never follow We would go out of our way to avoid it. You know, God has good things in store for us. He wants to take us to a better place. But the road to a better place isn't easy or comfortable all the time. Um, God has things in store for us that are going to be hard, that will be painful, that will be challenging, that will be overwhelming sometimes. And if we knew in advance everything God had for us, we wouldn't go. The Israelites experienced this, where God wants to take them to a better place, the promised land, and takes them to the very edge. And when the Israelites saw the people in the promised land, they said, these people look like giants in our eyes. And they said, we could never conquer this land. And they didn't want to go. And they ended up wandering the desert for 40 years. God often doesn't show us the big picture. He just shows us the next step. Uh, The scripture this morning is in Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 to 23. Uh, Numbers, it's the fourth book in the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, you go ahead and turn there. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Numbers, um, in Numbers chapter 9, the Israelites have built the tabernacle. Uh, Tabernacle is like a portable temple. Uh, In the desert, it was the place that God would dwell among the Israelites. And so they set up the tabernacle. And then we read in Numbers 9 what happens next. And what we read in Numbers 9 is a great picture of how God leads us. Our scripture reader this morning is Jeff Grevy. So Jeff, uh, go ahead and make your way up to the podium. As he does, I'm going to ask if you're able, please stand and face the center of the room. We read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture should be central in our lives. And we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so, Jeff, whenever you are ready, please read from Numbers chapter 9, verses 15 to 23. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law, was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. 
Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from the evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. Jeff, thank you for, very much. You may be seated. Again, the Lord only gives you the next step. Lord only gives you the next step. When Shannon and I moved to Twin Falls in 2003, we had uh, two young kids, two kids under the age of four. Uh, and when we first moved here, we lived in the Saratoga apartments for the first year. The second year, we started looking for a house. Uh, we were pretty motivated because um, in that second year, our third child was born. And even though we had a nice apartment, um, we had three kids under the age of five. And so we needed our own place. Um, and so when it comes to big decisions, for example, buying a house, I like God to give me no-brainer decisions. Um, like, this is obviously the house you should buy. Um, now, we had a list of things we were looking for. Uh, we wanted a certain number of bedrooms and bathrooms. Uh, we wanted the kids' bedrooms to be relatively close to the master bedroom because our kids were young. Um, we wanted to have central air. There were certain things in the yard we were looking for because of our young kids. Um, we would have liked to have had a finished basement, uh, you know, those kinds of things. And our realtor um, did a great job of showing us all sorts of homes. We ended up going through like 12, 15 homes, something like that. And None of them um, were what we were looking for. Again, we had this list of criteria, and, and I am looking for that no-brainer decision. Obviously, this is the house you should buy. Um, now, uh, the realtor took me through a house. I can't remember why my wife wasn't with us, but it was just me and the realtor. Um, and it didn't really meet the criteria, but I was ready to settle. <laughs> and we were ready to be done with apartment living. And so I told my wife about it, and the next day we were going to go see it together. Uh, now, the night before we were going to go see this house, my wife, um, Shannon, she was looking through the paper, I realize that dates us. We were looking through the paper to go find a house. Okay, I understand, but that's what she was doing. Um, and she saw this house that was listed, and it appeared to have everything on our list. And so she's telling me about this. And I said, well, let's have Mike, that was Art Realtor. I said, let's have Mike show it to us. And, but we were worn out, you know, from all the looking, and she says, no, let's just go through this last house. It'll be fine. Okay. So we go through the house the next day. It's not exactly what we wanted, but we thought, you know, this is close enough. And so we're talking with Mike um, about making an offer, and he interrupts our conversation. He says, you know something? Let me show you one more house. And of course, you can guess, it was the house that my wife saw in the paper the night before. And so we went through it, and it had everything on our list. 
God gave me my no-brainer decision. Oh, this is the house you should buy. It's very obvious. And so we've lived there for the last 17 years. Now, God didn't reveal to us why he provided this particular house. He has his reasons. But, you know, it was almost like he just said, you need a no-brainer decision on this house? I'll give you one. I want you to live here. Um, Now, those kinds of stories are really cool. Because they remind us how God is active in our lives. When God is present with us and leading us, that captures our attention. Now, this passage in Numbers is about God's presence and God's leading. And God's presence and God's leading brings a sense of excitement. This passage, I'm not sure if you caught it when Jeff was reading it, but this passage was about a cloud, It was about a cloud, the cloud above the tabernacle. Not exactly sure what it looked like. It could have looked something uh, like this, where during the day it looked like a cloud, and at night it looked like fire, and it was always above the tabernacle, that portable temple. And it is, this cloud is the main subject of the passage we just read in Numbers. It's mentioned 11 times. There is this obsession that this passage has with the cloud. Um, It says, it talks about the cloud, and the cloud covered, and the cloud looked like fire, and it covered and looked like fire, um, and it lifted, and it settled, and it stayed, and it remained, and it was over, and it stayed, and it lifted, and it stayed over, and it lifted. There is this excitement about the cloud, which if you just kind of think about the story, it makes sense. Imagine you're out hiking somewhere, and you're not really familiar with the area you're hiking, and you get lost, and your phone isn't working. And this cloud (laughs) appears and floats in front of you, and it seems to be wanting you to follow it. And so you're kind of curious about this cloud, so you start to follow it. And then the more you follow it, clearly it's trying to lead you somewhere. And while you're freaking out a little bit, um, this is also really cool. This cloud's kind of leading me around. And then the cloud eventually leads you back to safety. Now, When you are telling this story, what's going to be the theme of your story? How excited are you going to be to talk about this cloud? And that's exactly what this passage is doing. There was this cloud over the tabernacle, and at night it looked like fire. And when the cloud lifted, we broke camp. And then the cloud would settle, and wherever it settled, we would camp there. And sometimes it only settled for a day, and we would only camp one day. And then sometimes it settled for for months. And you know what? We camped there for months. And when the cloud moved, we moved. And when the cloud stayed, we stayed. It was amazing. And then to realize that the cloud is the presence of God. God was with us in the desert. He was leading us all the way. Now, I don't know where you are in your life journey, and I don't know where, where you will end up. But... You do not so much need to know where your journey is going to take you. What you really need to know is that God is with you and guiding you to your next step. That's what you need to know. And when God is with you and guiding you and you're in tune with that and you're trusting that, that is so cool. (laughs) And some of you are in a place that you need You need to experience God's presence and leading. We don't need to know 
everything about God's plan for us. We just need to know that he's with us and he's showing us the next step. Now, following God's leading is not always easy, but it is simple. When following God, there will be a time to go. There will be a time to go. Back, going back to the passage, verses 20 to 21, where it says, Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp. And then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. If the cloud lifted in the middle of the night, they all got their stuff together and they went. When the cloud stayed only a few days or even just one night, it was time to go. It was time to do something. God will lead us and sometimes God's leading will get us moving to take initiative, to take a risk, to make a change, to start a new routine. It is time to go. Get moving. And when it's time to go, the key for us is to get going. After Jesus was born, some of you know the story, his life was in danger from King Herod, and it was time to move. Uh, Matthew 2 kind of tells us the story a little bit. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, and get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And so he, Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt. God told Joseph, you got to move to Egypt now. And so Joseph got up in the middle of the night, and he took his family and went. Um, when my oldest child, Robert, started to play rec league baseball, he started that in like first grade, um, I saw that his coach didn't have an assistant. And so I felt led to go to this coach and just say, hey, I'm happy to be your assistant. Don't have an agenda. I just want to help you. Well, we ended up coaching together for like six or seven years. Um, and then Robert's first year of rec league basketball. And there was a different coach for basketball. And I felt led to do the same thing. So I went to the basketball coach. And I said, hey, I'm more than happy to be your assistant. Well, Guess what? We ended up coaching together six to seven years. And all of us, um, uh, we all became friends. The baseball coach, basketball coach, we all became buddies. Um, and our kids became friends. And we did all sorts of things together. Um, and I think about all the impact that we all made on the kids that we coached through the years. And I can't really put into words everything God did in those relationships during those years. And all I did was simply say, I simply went and said, I'll be your assistant. And God took care of the rest. Now, just by the way, a little side note. Back then, I don't know if Rec League still does this, but back then, Rec League formed teams based upon where your kids went to school. So you would be on a rec team. Uh, so my son was on a rec team with kids he went to school with. Um, and where your kids go to school is based upon, if you go to public school, where you live in town. Now, going back to my no-brainer buy this house story, 
If we didn't end up buying that house that we ended up buying, we wouldn't have lived in that part of the school district for my son to go to that school, to end up on that rec team, to meet all those coaches, to have all these lifelong friendships. God doesn't always tell you why he is leading you. God just wants you to trust him and take the next step. Sometimes God's leading means you need to take the initiative, take a risk, make a change, start a new routine. It's time to get moving. So there is a time to move, or, and again, this is very simple, there's a time to stay. (laughs) There's a time to stay. Going back to the passage, verse 19, where it says, When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Jumping down to verse 22. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. Sometimes God just wants you to stay put. After Jesus was born, his parents took him to the temple in Jerusalem, and we hear about a woman named Anna. This is in Luke chapter 2. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna is a woman who loses her husband at a young age, and God leads her to the temple where she had a routine, worship, fast, and pray. And she did this for decades. And at the age of 84, she is doing what she's been doing for years. And she encounters Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. And she's blessed with being able to see the Messiah, and she is a blessing as she speaks about him to Mary and Joseph and anyone else who is listening. And all of that happened because she stayed in place. Now, as a pastor, um, from time to time, another church will come calling, wanting you to consider pastoring their church. And about a decade ago, I was approached by a couple churches, and that's always an ego booster. I'm sure many of you have been um, headhunted by other companies, say, hey, come work for us. You know, it's always an ego booster being pursued by another church. And I had a couple discussions with them, uh, and they wanted Shannon and I to come out for an interview. Now, these were great ministry opportunities, and normally my philosophy would be, well, why not check it out? What could it hurt? And I remember asking Shannon, hey, do you think God wants us to go anywhere else, to move anywhere else? And Shannon thought about it, and she says, mm, no. And I said, well, I don't either. So we were like, why are we having these conversations? <laughs> so we stopped having these conversations. We ended them. We didn't even have an interview with these places. Uh, and it wasn't because they, were great, they weren't good opportunities. They were. We just had this sense, you have to stay. So sometimes you have to move. Sometimes you just have to stay. And then you have to discern mm, which is which. <laughs> There's a time to discern. Um, going back to the passage one more time in verses 17 and 18. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. 
Now, while it may not necessarily have been all that hard to follow a cloud, uh, they still had to discern, is the cloud moving? Is the cloud staying? What's the cloud doing? They had to pay attention to what God was doing. And while it may not be as easy as discerning the movement of a cloud, if we pay attention to what God is doing in our lives, if we are familiar with what God says in his word, if we are wise to get godly counsel from others, we can discern where God is leading. But we just can't go through the motions of life. We have to pay attention. The Apostle Paul had to discern God's leading all the time. There's a great example of this in Acts chapter 16, where it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So they were kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching in Asia. Uh, just a little side note, Asia is modern-day Turkey, not the Asia we are familiar with, okay? So they're kept from the, by the Holy Spirit from going there. And then it says the Spirit of Jesus would not let them into Bithynia. And Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, doesn't specify what exactly being kept by the Holy Spirit or being kept by the Spirit of Jesus what did that exactly look like? How did the Spirit keep them from going to those places? Luke doesn't say, but they discerned God's leading. And then they had a vision to go to Macedonia. Again, quick tools for us, quick tools for discernment for us. God's word, godly counsel from others, circumstances and opportunities, you have to be paying attention. But most important, you have to be willing to do what God is leading you to do, not just get an affirmation to do what you want. So in our times of discernment, we need to discern, is God leading you to go or is God leading you to stay? It's not complicated, although it may be work to figure that out. Go or stay. And how aware are you of God's presence and God's leading? For TFRC, we've gone through a process to discern where God is leading us next. We're getting ready to unveil that in a couple weeks. And as we prepare for that, we need to remember that God isn't going to give us the big picture. He's just giving us the next step. Some things about TFRC will stay the same. Some things about TFRC will change as we go. But most important, God is with us and leading us each step of the way. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for just that, for your presence in our lives. And I would ask that 
Um, for those here this morning who really need, they're in a place where they really need you to show up, Lord, that you would make your presence obvious to them. And Lord, I would also ask that you would give each of us the wisdom to discern what you are leading us to do, whether it's to go, to take a risk, to make a change, or to just stay where we are and continue to do what we've been doing. Lord, we, again, thank you for your ongoing goodness and for your leading us always to a better place. Lord, we thank you, and it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.